Hey everybody, thanks for checking out Bleach Mouth Postscript. My name is Larry. On this podcast, I generally have a guest each episode to come armed with five pieces of music. It can be a song, it can be an LP, it can be an EP. It does not matter what it is as long as we're talking about music. It's just an opportunity for friends to talk about things we like, sometimes the things we don't like. But, uh, you know, in spite of strong opinions, this is a zero gatekeeping zone. And also, uh, we don't stand for uh, any of the smarty pants that want to lord their arcane knowledge over other people to make them feel like shit. Today's guest is Aaron Stefanko. I've known Aaron since the mid to late 90s. Uh, we've become a little more um, better chums lately. Uh, we were acquainted before, but we've, uh, you know, we've, we've, um, become a little bit better friends recently and uh, I thought it was a good time to have him on uh, primarily because um, he's in a really good band a really good I guess garage rock band for lack of a better way to describe it by the name of White Lighter Uh, he's the guitar player and vocalist and um, they have some EPs and stuff available on Bandcamp they're working on new material and uh, I really like their I really like their shit a lot Um, so I thought you know, I need to have Aaron on. I know he's got really good taste in music uh, from our few uh, brief encounters in the past and our more frequent ones. Recently, we talk about music quite a bit, and I said, hey, man, we need to record this, and uh, let's um, let's have fun with it. So I had a really good time with this one, and I mean, I have a good time with all of them, really. I truly do. So I got to find another thing to say about them before I uh, cut to my guests. Yeah. New material something i strive to come up with uh regularly but uh often fail <laughs> how are you i'm good I like the skateboards what are, you, what are you sucking on what do you got there jolly rancher what is that oh i was just uh finishing up eating some pretzels and so yeah i'll try to I'll try to keep no, it a nutritious dinner <laughs> yeah no i ate earlier and then i got hungry and was like snacking yeah what did you have for dinner? Uh, miscellaneous, like some leftover burgers and yeah. Yeah. Do you snack a lot? Do yeah. You're still snacking throughout the day. Oh, I'm like, I eat breakfast like seven 30 and then I'm like starving by 10. Yeah. And I then a, I, if I pack a lunch, I eat it then. And then I eat lunch. And yeah. I have a friend couple friends that do a podcast called uh in search of tracks and it's become like a bit but also a significant part of the show where they spend they talk about a record and they just decide where whether the record has the tracks on it right and so uh the bit is the beginning part of the uh each episode they they talk and they should chat for a bit and then they segue into what they've had to snack on. And so it's jokingly also called in search of snacks because they'll like talk about going to go get secret Taco Bell, you know, secret. (laughs) (laughs) you know, shit like that. It's really funny. It's a great podcast. Those guys are really funny. They're really, I'm kind of uh, jealous of them because they, they look at records in a really holistic and academic way, but it doesn't feel like they're just being uh, like, they're, they're not trying to talk over anybody's heads. They're just trying to talk about records in depth in a way that, you know, is relatable. And, right. uh, 
but but the snack bit is fucking hysterical. Like I think they went on about cheese cheese puffs and cheese curls for about 15 minutes and it was some of the funniest shit I've heard in a while. Right. <laughs> and it's just the most inane thing. So when you said you were having pretzels, I automatically uh, thought, well, what, I wonder what Aaron Stefanko snacks on throughout the day. <laughs> oh, you name it. Uh, yeah. let, I mean, Allie got me some uh, dill, fried dill pickle cashews that I've been snacking on all week and they were delicious. Oh, really? I think they came from Target or something. Hey, let me ask you, have you ever had a... Uh, uh, Dill pickle pizza? No, but I just heard about this place downtown. Uh, the Twisted Tomato has a dill pickle pizza that's supposed to be really good, but I've not had it. But I'm a huge pickle person. Oh, pickles are fucking great, man. Pickles are the best. Um, I've not had that. The first time I had it was at, uh, it was the West Side Bowl at, um, the blackout cookout and a buddy of mine was like, you should try this. I'm like, it doesn't even sound good, man. It was fucking great. It was great. It's like a white sauce with cheese and pickles on a pizza. And it I tastes, think that's how they do it downtown. Uh, yeah. From what I've been told. It tastes, it tastes fucking great. I mean, it's just, um, it's just, I don't know. I've never had anything quite like it. And me liking pickles as much as I do. Uh, I was, I was pretty stoked on it. You know, pickles have seeds. Yeah, of course, they're cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's my segue into the first uh, selection here, uh, the Seeds self-titled album. Um, I have to uh, make a confession uh, in that this is a band I've been aware of for decades and decades and decades. And I know I've listened to them. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I like this. But I swear to God, I can't tell you anything about what I heard. <laughs> anything about the songs. I, you know, what, what probably happened was Clint was playing them in the, the van while we were on tour at one point. And I was like, oh, this is great, you know. Or maybe uh, Stangelo played them when we worked at the record store together. But you picked out their first album, which came out in 66. Uh, when did you first hear this? Um, probably late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I've been walking around in a 1960s daydream since I was in high school and uh, just couldn't get my hands on enough like 60s garage rock and um yeah just fell in love with this band and they um they just sky saxon's voice and um just every their songs are just so catchy and so just i don't know they're just amazing yeah where are they from um I think Sky Saxon is actually, though it's not his real name, and I can't quite conjure it up um, at the moment, but he's uh, a Midwestern guy. But uh, the band itself's from California. They all kind of met in California. Richard Elvern Marsh. 
Is that what it is? Yep. It looks like he uh, he died in 2009. That wasn't too terribly long ago. Yeah. They, um, uh, he was living in Austin. He's from Salt Lake. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know from uh, Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched the documentary on the seeds and uh, learned a lot about them. Um, but that first record just really captured um a time and a place you know before things went too psychedelic they were still garage rock but they were kind of borderline on that whole psychedelia thing that was starting to happen and really kind of pushed it forward and um i like that kind of balancing act uh with bands in that 66 67 range like a 13th floor elevators, that sort of thing. Like, yeah, kind of sort of riding that line pretty hard, but yep. not quite taking that uh, dive into, uh, I don't want to say nonsense, but there is a it's lot like of acid rock that was yeah. like kind of coming later that like just like pushed it too far for me. Like, I've just always been so rooted in like garage rock. And, um, but yeah, that first seeds record was just, um, so good and uh they i think they kind of started flower power to some degree with like their kind of san francisco kind of flamboyancy and um i think they kind of kind of pushed that whole scene forward that happened later in like 67 and 68 and all that in the san francisco era so was this early on in your, um, you know, deep dive into garage rock or was there anything that sort of primed you for this? Like any bands that kind of led you down this path? Yeah. Um, Love uh, was a big band that kind of pushed that forward um, and kind of like, and like all those like nuggets compilations that were, yeah. that came out. Um, I think those came out in the nineties. And just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Do you, have a, do you have a certain song on this one in particular that you that comes to mind that you kind of always, you know, uh maybe play back after you've heard it once, you know, while you're yeah, I mean, you know, pushing pushing too hard is like, you know, a, a huge song for everybody on that song, and it's been like or on that album, and it's been um you know, a big one, but can't seem to make you mine, I think is the really standout song yeah. for me on that album that I always kind of go back to. Like, I think it just, and I think that was a single for them. And uh, it's, I think it's, it's the, the better. It's the album opener. So it, it, hopefully it's what the kids call a banger, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
think i need to because i i like a lot of garage rock um there's a lot of stuff that came along much much later that i liked that was probably influenced by it's like there was a lot of the crypt stuff i enjoy quite a bit um a, a band that you and i both really like and i was surprised not to see on your list the mummies probably were listening to these guys you know they don't sound i, I don't know if they sound like them necessarily because again i don't know a ton about the seeds i just know i liked them but, you know, the mummies were pretty, you know, had that garage rock um, thing going for them as well, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the mummies. And yeah, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're definitely rooted in all of that, like yeah. early kind of lo-fi garage rock for sure. What's your favorite mummy song? Oh man, I'm, I'm trying not to quiz you, man. I don't. <laughs> this isn't like a quiz show, but I get curious about stuff, you know. Um, you know, because it's just interesting. Um, you, know? you know, I don't know if I have a favorite song. Um, what it, I mean, of course, you know, there's like that love is stronger than dirt. Yeah. 
but I really love that like party at Steve's house um, album a lot. I mean, there's really not an album that like is bad for me, but I really like tend to put that one on a little bit more. Mummies are pretty great. That's something you and I both talked about, and I was rather envious uh, about the time you got to see him. Where was it, Philly? You got to see him? Yeah, they were playing in Philly for a. It was kind of a rescheduled COVID show um, that they had booked, and um, at this place called I think it's just called the Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't, if I'm not mistaken, but a super cool place. Uh, first time I'd ever been there and um, yeah, they were great. Um, and they had a lot of like throwback merchandise, like their, um, their like infamous baseball card packs and um, that they had put out like handmade baseball cards of themselves with like the novelty bubble gum. Though I missed mm-hmm. out on that whole thing at the merch table. They were long gone by the time i got there but they had some 
reprints of posters and stuff and um yeah um so you know i'm trying i'm looking into this i'm trying to think how i want to attack this because um it's there are a couple artists on here that are relatively recent in the big picture of things so i think maybe yeah i picked things that were kind of like relative they're not really like favorites but they're just like they're always kind of in my playlist yeah um you know i mean i love these bands there's just no way i can ever pick out any favorite band but um yeah there's just something that's always kind of always in my mix and always kind of coming back to because i just can't get enough of it well let's let, let's go with one i don't know another one i don't know real well let's talk about uh jay retard i've never listened to a single note of his music and i no reason i just you know some stuff just misses me you know yeah it's like i keep saying i've said on the podcast a bunch of times that you know i only have so much bandwidth so like I tend to like go backwards because I know there's a ton of stuff that I missed. You know, the seeds is a perfect example. So, you know, in my going backwards, oftentimes I I leapfrog over stuff that's a little more recent. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jay Retard was in a band called The Retards, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which were great. Uh, A little bit more of an aggressive um, punk style band than what his solo stuff was um you know his later stuff was a little bit more crafted uh, yeah. but uh, still a great band and i love love the retards where does this uh where does this first album fall in terms of like you talk about like how the later records felt a little more crafted and um the retards were more raw boned where does this first record blood visions fall in that continuum like as far as like where where was he could you tell he was headed in the other direction or was he still sort of pulling from the same source as his first he was still kind of pulling from the same source um he uh definitely you know had those raw um you know riffs and uh even the lyrical content but you could just tell this yeah, the songs are just definitely more well crafted and thought out. And I think he was doing more recording on his own um, to where he had more time to spend on this to where I think that earlier stuff, if I remember, right, I think it was only put on cassette earlier on. It wasn't released till later on vinyl. Um, I think they were just putting that stuff out on maybe they recorded on a four track, him and a band. But um yeah, he was really sitting down and, and oh, he really... played it. He played everything on this too, except for he, he he had somebody else play bass on "I See You Standing There" and "We Who Wait," but it looks like he played everything on this record. Yeah, and there's and an I... adverts cover too. That's the adverts cover, the uh, "We Who Wait." So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah this, I I, I think covers. they're like catchy songs, and um, they have so much. Um, just uh god i don't even know like like his melodies and like everything i would ever want to like write a song like would like come out in him like it's like i i take notes from jay retard like and how he how he's writing music i'm clocking these song links and they seem about you know um consistent with like a lot of garage rock bands although the second track is only 54 seconds that's like <laughs> 
that's really, really short. I mean, right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess, you know, and even in garage rock circles, like a minute and a half is slightly shorter too. Cause most of the, most garage bands I listen to, or I've heard or am familiar with are like usually around the two, two and a half minute range. Sometimes they float in the three minute section, but he, his, his songs are pretty brief. This record goes by. It's only 30 minutes. It's like 15 songs. So that goes, yeah, it quick. looks like it, it moves, it moves. I think, you know, so yeah, maybe I should dive into this one too. Cause I don't think it's going to take up too much of my time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're, they're driving uh, songs and uh, the melodies and yeah, they're great. Uh, it blows my mind every time. <laughs> that's a pretty pretty well-known record label for like garage bands and stuff you know they did the uh i don't know how many dirt bombs records they did but they definitely did ultra glide and black Just can't shake it If you don't want to help me, baby 
left us a little too soon, unfortunately. But oh, he's, yeah, they're they're really great. I had yeah, no idea. Um, again, like I don't Garner know Records the man. <laughs> in the red. Yeah, um, he uh, had maybe like an affiliated drug maybe overdose, that, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, they seem to put out tons of great or punk or garage rock stuff yeah. that um, usually is yeah, yeah. sparks yeah, my attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's a great documentary about him. I'm not sure what it's on. Um, it's very kind of uh, loose B movie kind of documentary, but um, it kind of came from a real um kind of broken family yeah and um you can hear a lot of that in his song songwriting and stuff but uh but yeah well, he's, the, the one song is called greed money and unwanted children i wonder if that or useless <laughs> children greed money useless children not unwanted um, yeah that might be speaking to some of that i don't know i'll have to listen to it and find out <laughs> um yeah he has, he has a lot of songs that seem like they were like family member related kind of um things that uh made you kind of raise an eyebrow like man this guy's definitely gone some through some things and uh yeah yeah um speaking of children although not really useless um i i am familiar with red cross and i like red cross quite a bit and born is born innocence a pretty pretty good release i really like this one a lot and uh you know because they kind of um the brothers like have really they've kind of they've floated in a lot of circles you know um i mean the mcdonald's like being you know being from southern california that spot i mean you know they you know they were buddies with Het, Greg Hetson and stuff, and they were opening for Black Flag pretty early on. And um, well, Hetson was yeah, in Hetson was in Red Cross before he did Circle Jerks, you know. But um, yeah, so like I'm familiar with Red Cross. Uh, why this one as opposed to uh, one of the others? Um, you know, it was a very kind of still juvenile record which i love about it you know like you said like they kind of got their i think the story went with like uh they had sent like a tape to like black flag or something and mm-hmm. they were like in maybe middle school or yeah. early high school or something and like black flag was like Greg Ginn was like yeah let's yeah like can you open for us or tour with us and they're like 15 years old <laughs> or something Man. and and yeah, i just love their their movie references with like linda blair yep and um valley of the dolls and like and just that kind of like very innocent kind of kid humor uh that they're kind of playing on um very tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff i just i don't know I, I like that kind of songwriting. It's, I love their humor in it.
but the songs are actually really great. You can tell that they're just like mad musicians and that they, 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 they wrote really catchy songs. I think a lot of people like um, one thing about early hardcore punk that a lot of people forget is it wasn't all like the better bands, the ones that were really good, the ones that really stood out were still writing songs. They might've been, lightning fast but they were still writing songs with hooks and good riffs and you know whether they played great or not you know depended on i mean as far as being good musicians depended on you know what band you were talking about but even the ones that weren't great musicians they still had hooks but but these guys were good players at a really early age i think you know um oh you could hear that they were like they were mimicking like alice cooper and kiss and like all these kind of glammy kind of bands that were coming out in the late 70s but like adding their own kind of flavor that was to it that you know they were also inspired by all the early kind of punk Mm -hmm. um yeah it was just a great mix and uh yeah i really love that song like linda blair like right off the rip off that i mean the whole album's great but I think it's funny that they did like a Charles Manson um, cover song right on there. I thought that was really, really comical. And um, I don't know, it's teenagers. Like you're like, Oh, let's do this song. That's so funny. You know? Yeah. Side quest here because you brought it up. Uh, Where do you stand on kiss? Um, Not a really a fan Uh, always really struggled uh had have lots of friends that's into them mm-hmm. just thought they were too gimmicky and over the top for my taste um yeah just never much of a fan actually i just happened to see i think they're on like a maybe a tour again or something yeah i guess they're playing their last two or three shows in short order at least that's what they say they're gonna do um i mean those guys have all the money in the world i think and I bring it up, not just because you mentioned them, but um, God, they've come up a lot in different interviews I've done with people. And I have friends who I respect as musicians that absolutely love Kiss. It was like formative for them. And I never understood it. Like, I don't, I didn't find anything appealing about them until they took the makeup off and got almost more ridiculous like in the 80s when they did songs (laughs) like when they did songs like lick it up and heavens on fire like those songs are like they're not good but they're great like they're great for what they are and and they're kind of undeniable in a way in their absurdity and you know i've always maintained that at one point paul stanley he could sing he had a really distinctive voice and he could hit notes and stuff, you know, and Ace Fraley was, you know, damn good guitar player, but they never wrote anything I gave a shit about, you know, broadly speaking. And, um, I was more like, I, I did a DJ night 10, 12 years ago where it was like Alice Cooper versus kiss. And <laughs> the people were like, the people at this place that we did it at were like all about Kiss. And I'm like, are you not listening to this Alice Cooper stuff? This stuff smokes Kiss. These guys, this is a real fucking band. Oh yeah, These absolutely. Can, <laughs> Alice Cooper is a top 20 band for me. Like 
the Alice Cooper band was fucking great. And I just, I love them so much. And, you know, Alice himself, you know, he's had some real shitty records, you know, post, uh, you know, welcome to my nightmare, but he's, I saw him about 12 years ago at the civic theater. Fucking awesome show. Fucking awesome show. They were so, he was so good. It was great. And, you know, um, yeah, see, when you brought up Kiss and Alice Cooper, it's like, well, I got to go down that path a little bit here and see where Aaron stands on side. <laughs> and I think I like you a little bit more now, even than I did before, now that you've uh, kind of uh, said, uh, ah, Kiss is fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had, a, I had a girlfriend in high school that loved Kiss. Yeah. And um, she, like, was literally, I like, going to, like, Kiss concerts uh, with her parents at like three years old, oh, she lived and breathed kiss. And it was literally the reason we broke up. Cause I just couldn't get past it. I was just like, nah, this is just not for me. <laughs> I've seen him play. I was turning 14, maybe 15. And they were playing at the ritual Coliseum. And uh, my friend and his my friend was going to go and it was my birthday. And he's like, what are you doing for your birthday? And I'm like, nothing. He goes, do you want to go see kiss? I'm like, I don't really like Kiss." He goes, come on, it'll be fun. So I went and it was fun. I mean, it was like the explosions, the blood, the whole thing, you know, it was fun, but I still didn't care about him after. It's like, Oh, that was cool. You know, I got to see a giant show. And this probably, I think I've only been to, three or four arena shows in my entire life. Everything's been either at the largest, like a large theater or, but all the rest of them are small clubs or VFW halls. I just never. Right. So <laughs> like, you know, and, and, or, Oh, actually I kind of stand corrected. Like I've gone to blossom, you know, I've gone to, you know, stuff yeah, like I that. I wouldn't consider that like a big arena show. It's kind no, of, like, no, no, yeah. It's, Outdoor, it's, yeah. it's it's somewhere in between like the giant theater and the arena show in a way, you know, right. uh, I, I've seen stuff like that. I've gone to a couple festivals, but I've never gone to, uh, but maybe four arena type shows. And two of them were Trans-Siberian Orchestra because my son really wanted to see it and he loved it. And I was like, yeah, I'll go see that. And it was impressive. All the pyro and stuff. It was over the top theatrical and and kind of cool in its own way, but sure, you know, I'll give a shit about that. Ultimately, I don't care. No, but I think that and Kiss, and that's been it. And like you know, uh, I think the only exception I would make as I grow older would be, you know, I think I want to see Iron Maiden once, you know, because that's a band I love. I love Iron Maiden. You know, they're not oh, my yeah. they're not my favorite band, but. You know, those first six or seven records, that's like a fucking adolescence dream, you know, swords and demons and shit and guys singing about fighter pilots and shit. It was, they're a cool band, you know, Um, but, you know, I digress. I don't know how many of these bands have actually played stadiums or arenas. I don't think Kim Fowley ever has. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this, uh, the, the, speaking of somebody who's worked with Kiss and Alice Cooper, I mean, Ken Fowley is yeah. like the weirdest dude on the planet and like the most, uh, 
probably like unrespected um musician out there yeah I, so what uh what record i mean i know you said pretty much anything but what record comes to mind when you think about him most i mean i just kind of well it's hard to kind of pinpoint for him because he has so much material um and he was he right so- he was writing for a lot of people too right like he was doing a lot of writing correct yeah i mean he was he could write any genre of music he wanted to he was like kind of unbelievable that way um like i said there's i he worked with kiss he worked with alice cooper he worked with um the runaways and the seeds and um paul revere and the raiders and the modern modern lovers i mean the guy was all over the place but his own music he was kind of like writing like b movie 60s biker movie like steppenwolf kind of uh flavored stuff but he was also writing rockabilly and um you i think they would just come to him and be like hey we we need to make this movie or this we need help with this band like the hollywood argyles who um you know just like all kinds of oddball uh weird cat stevens richie blackmore yeah i mean all uh, over the place yeah um what a weird dude and uh but could write any genre of music and i find him so inspiring um you know i i take a lot of my own music and you know from you know i hear something i'm like i could write a song like that you know yeah um you know and i and i think that he he was that way he was like oh i could i could play this and he could arrange it and make it happen right uh he was kind of a underground unsung hero of of uh you know that whole era of like 50s 60s 70s it looks um, like he even co-wrote some stuff uh for warren zevon's first solo record you know really um, i didn't even know about that yeah uh his first album wanted dead or alive but, i didn't um, really um discover this guy until i saw that runaways movie um you know about Joan Jett and the Runaways mm-hmm. and um you know they had um uh, Michael Shannon playing Kim Fowley and he the, was great in a movie that really stank right the movie was <laughs> I love Michael good. he's crazy good like have you ever seen that movie uh Take Shelter uh I don't think so no it's about a guy who uh he's convinced that um, the end of the world is coming and he starts building like a bomb shelter in his backyard and it causes all kinds of problems for his family, his job, his community and stuff. And it's really, really, and basically you start to wonder if, is this a science fiction film or is this guy legitimately losing his mind? Like, it's really good. It's check it out. If you get a chance, it's, I it's will. A, it's I a love great anything film. Michael Shannon. Yeah. He's got a new one coming out. I guess it's like a follow-up to a movie they made about Waco a while ago. Um, that Shea Wiggum guy who was in, um, he's been in a bunch of stuff. But the thing I remember him mostly in was uh, Boardwalk Empire. He was, oh, yeah. He, he was in a movie about the the, F, the ATF FBI raid on, you know, uh, 
uh, oh yeah precious thing yeah, yeah. so i th- i think this is a follow-up to that and from the things i've seen um Michael Shannon saying, you know, things are going to get worse. And it's, it's about how like a lot of domestic terrorism sprang forth directly from that particular uh, situation, you know, but Michael Shannon's in it. So I'm, I'm interested in checking that out because he's, he's fucking great. That guy is um, really fucking intense. He's intense. Super diverse. And um, I mean, he's playing that new role as like George Jones um i haven't that, seen that have you have you seen that is that good i saw the first episode it looks really great yeah. um yeah the, and uh tammy wynette mm-hmm. and um yeah he's unbelievable love do that you, guy do you fuck with country at all oh yeah okay yeah. okay yeah, yeah uh I, old school country mainly a few oddball new things but it's far and few between huge yeah. hank three fan yeah. Uh, um, but mostly old school country. Um, I love uh that guy does uh dollar country uh podcast and uh oh, DJ okay. around town. He plays all like old, weird, forgotten about country 45s that nobody's heard of. He travels all over the US United States collecting them. He's out of Cleveland. Um, but yeah, dollar country. My um uh my uh diet of country is strictly like Waylon Jennings, um George Jones, Buck Owens. Oh, big fan of Buck Owens. Yeah, me too. Amazing guitar player. just think of buck owens and hee haw that dude can fucking rip he's a ripper of a guitar player oh yeah um, ringo loved him that's 
why he's covered him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's about it. I, Johnny cash, but that's, that's an easy answer. Right. I mean, right. Like Folsom, yeah. it, that's, you know, Johnny cash is the guy that, uh, the know-it-all at the end of the bar is going to sing during karaoke. Like as if he's impressing somebody. He's like, yeah, right. all these, all these people like punk rock. I like Johnny cash. Cause he's the real rebel. Mm-hmm. You know? And meanwhile, this guy probably, you know, hangs out at uh, uh, that cigar store down in the valley and, you know, is is a professional barber. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just making <laughs> professional barber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what happens to all ex-punk rock and hardcore <laughs> kids. They become barbers, uh, bartenders or um, shitty poets. I mean, it's that's just what happens. <laughs> this is what happens, you know. And then their diet becomes nothing but Johnny Cash and the social distortion. So I, mean, I, I knew social distortion <laughs> was going to get brought up there. <laughs> I I have I don't hate that, but I, I I think I think I dislike the idea of them more than I dislike them. I don't like any of their music, including the first record, which a lot of people think I'm nuts for. I'm like, it's just not. It's just him sneering and trying to sound English. It's not. It doesn't impress me, right? Um, but I know, uh, our mutual friend, Jason Tarulli was running front of house sound for him, uh, a couple times. He went on tour with him a couple times. He was doing their sound. He said they're the nicest guys and that they treated him great, you know, and that they were like laid back. And I'm like, you know what? I can respect that. Might not like the music, might think the fans are dopes, but I mean, <laughs> you know, if they're, if they're cool to my friends, I mean, you know. What, yeah. what, 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 what are maybe really the fans have kind of ruin the music for me uh, or something? Uh, the kind of the there, culture behind it. There are bands that have fans, bands that I'm that I enjoy, musicians I enjoy that the fans sometimes are really off putting. You know, yeah, uh, the Misfits, right? I'm like the kids who are like only into like the horror punk. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm I'm over it. You know. Uh, the cramps there are cramps super fans that will never drive me away from the cramps i love the fucking cramps but i'm just Damn. like i'm just like yo man come on cut it out just stop you know <laughs> uh kind of in line with the asshole at the end of the bar that's doing johnny Cash or karaoke there are certain tom waits fans that i get really i, I bristle a little bit i love tom waits but uh i get it sometimes i tom waits is a guy that you're not do, singing you're not gonna sing along with tom waits like in a no bar. you're gonna no, annoy everybody no around. no but the, <laughs> but the but the guy at the bar he might not get up and do tom waits karaoke but he's he's damn sure gonna tell you he's writing a screenplay and he reads charles bukowski right it's that motherfucker yeah, gross you know and i'm like all right dude whatever nobody cares about your fucking screenplay you know <laughs> so <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I mean, social distortion fans are not alone in my uh, in my category of bands that uh, I can't stand their fans, you know? Yeah. And those those artists I happen to like, um, I don't know, we've kind of gone far afield, I, but we're, we're talking about weirdos, right? Weirdo musicians. So Kim Fowley, yeah, I mean, Tom Waits. About, uh, <laughs> you know, Kim, back to Kim Fowley, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, I, he's like a total chameleon in the music industry. Mm-hmm. 
It's really him. No one will know what goes on. Just you and me and the dreams we see. Oh, come on, baby. Oh, come on, baby. You're doing it right. Just put your head back. Every album's kind of different. I really love that stuff that came out on Norton Records um of all his early stuff of all his like kind of 60s kind of uh b movie stuff that he did um but i mean i love even his later stuff in the 70s where he was trying to go more bowie-esque and stuff um he even put out kind of a swampy dr hook album that kind of uh, Steppenwolf meets Dr. Hook that I really like too that I think is just like um, some of it's the lyrics are total cheese and what you would expect but I mean he could just like rip off anybody and I think that's kind of kind of awesome yeah Um. so shifting gears and I don't know if these guys are weirdos or not but they have a really weird name the King Con and Barbecue Show Oh they're, yeah, they're from Montreal. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think of duos, um, particularly garage rock sort of duos. Um, the first, the first group of people that come to mind is Flat Duo Jets. You know, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people think that the White Stripes invented that, or God forbid, the Black Keys. But it's actually, you know, the Flat Duo Jets were the first. Maybe they weren't the first duo, but they were the first one that came to my attention, you know. Um, I just thought that was their name. Like, I didn't know that it was actual, like, duo. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was two guys. I think they, I have a bunch of the record, not a bunch, I have, like, three of the records. And I think there are songs and occasions where they have other folks, but they, it is a two-piece. You know, it's two guys. Oh, okay. I was not, I was not aware of that. And they're, they're from the Carolinas. Um, um, yeah, I really like them a lot. In fact, I should bring them to the next time I DJ because I think I need to try to put that out there for people. Put that. Put that. Were in they? The, were they on the ether. No, no. Um, who put out the records? I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I always remember seeing that band pop up. I couldn't name. I couldn't even tell you what they sound like, but I always feel like I would see them their name pop up in like those old SST catalogs from records yeah. or something, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, the, the, the first one, the cell time when it came out on this label called dog gone. Um, but the, the real, the, my favorite one, my favorite one, go, go Harlem baby came in on sky records, but I guess third band reissued that in 2011. I didn't know that, but that makes sense, you know? Um, sure. and, and then he did a bunch of records on Norton throughout the nineties uh, okay. safari. I, I have the, I have the self-titled one and go, go harm Harlem baby and safari. I can kind of vouch for the other ones. Cause there are songs I've heard, but I haven't really like, you know, done a deep dive on the other records. I'm one of those guys where like, I'll get two or three records deep into a band's catalog. And then I'm like, I, I think I got what I need. You know what I mean? Not always, but there are a lot of bands like that. So I've got the first three. Um, their most recent one came out in 2017 and I was unaware, I was unaware of that. I thought they were done by like the late nineties. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to dial dial them up. I'm not familiar with them. I mean, they, they've had other musicians, like they had a bass player for a couple of years and then um, a different drummer, but it's, it's, it's Dexter and Chris pretty much the whole time. And they, they had studio and touring bands, you know, but it's just the two guys. So, you know, um, yeah, they're, they're from North Carolina. So yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. I mean, there's, there's blues stuff, but it's kind of, just garagey and you know there's a lot of rock stuff you know um, okay you know but yeah i really like them um but king con and the barbecue show tell me about them they look absurd i'm looking at these pictures 
and it oh crazy. yeah they're 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 straight entertainment uh they're great yeah two piece um uh of course king khan is from also has like king khan in the shrines and he's like paired up with a lot of other garage rock artists but um but yeah they i just love their kind of uh their blend of garage rock and doo-wop and um all of that kind of 60s flavored Bo Diddley style, um, but with some punk mix in there, you know, punk lyrical mix. Um, seen them a number of times at the Beachland, and uh, they do costume changes, have weird, like, wear like weird leather with like their nipples showing or assless chaps and well the, the one and... the one record cover he's wearing a kaiser helmet and yeah there's no <laughs> one where they look like they're dressed like spacemen mm-hmm. that's fucking funny man that is funny. i i love that the entertainment i love bands um minus kiss in costume um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I love that kind of shtick um you know the mummies and all that stuff i i I find that really appealing in rock and roll yeah um you know i love that showmanship um that they go they go that extra mile especially with a two-piece um but yeah they're really funny and um and yeah the entertainment value is there it goes back to you know the crazy world of arthur brown and screaming Jay Hawkins, as far as being wild with the costumes and shit. Um, or, uh, God, who's that group from Cleveland? Um, oh, Uncle Scratchies. Yep. Uncle Scratches got right for Yeah. Um, yep. That dude, the drum brother, Ant, I think it was the drummer, he was in Knife Dance and The Dark before that. Um, oh, I'm not familiar, but I, Uncle Scratches, um, gospel revival revival was really great yeah um we played i played with him one time when we were in don austin and uh first thing out of dude's mouth is like that guy needs to get some help like (laughs) 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 which i appreciated that they were uh we played with them lime spider is a really good show um yeah um they didn't have like costume changes but they dressed fucking like in real shitty suits and ties and had stupid hats, you know? So, Oh yeah. They kind of had that like kind of Southern, like snake handling, uh, kind of gospel, like tent gospel revival yeah. kind of uh, flavor to them. Yeah. yeah. I can't bang you on a Sunday. Guess we got to do it. On a Monday Tender, tender Sorry baby This ain't my way The Bible says I can't bang you on a Sunday Amen brother I can't bang you On a Sunday Me and brother Ed Playing on Wednesday. Perhaps we could nail you 
do any of the records but just i saw we played with him and i saw him that once i think i saw him one other time and they were they were a lot of fun they were a lot of fun yeah um, how many records does king con have swinging back to them sorry uh the barbecue show has maybe like four records uh-huh. um and uh then well it's with you know mark salton who has had a a number of other like side projects Mm -hmm. uh, as well. But, um, but I mean, they were, they were being uh, called the space shits before that. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were space shits. Yeah. Great band name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, King Con in the shrines, which was like, uh, he, you know, big band, like 10 piece band with like horns and cheerleaders and um great great band um uh but it's similar kind of concept just a little bit more funk infused mm-hmm. uh more kind of james brown infused um version of the of king con but yeah he's got his hands on a lot of stuff um and uh i mean i think it was like in 2000 before Lou Reed passed Lou Reed had like handpicked them to play some like festival Australian festival or something oh wow yeah they they've been kind of they've been in the mix for a while (laughs) 
what have you got going on? I know, you know, white lighter has been playing shows and stuff, but I mean, didn't you just tell me you guys finished recording something? Yes. No. Yeah, we, uh, well, we haven't finished a hundred percent, but we're still in the middle of recording. Um, back in the fall, we had like seven solid songs that we got down and, uh, we were trying to put together a couple more tunes to kind of finish out this record. So, um, you know, it goes, it's like you get a few shows and you're trying to keep up to date, you know, with what you got going on to keep those shows going. And then, um, you gotta, so play, we, you, you gotta work on the set list again for songs that you've been playing. Cause right. You know, yeah. You're versus the ones like, you're trying to work on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like just trying to like stay, current with yourself you know just you know managing a band is uh, a lot of work but uh but yeah we got a couple Fucking other tunes. We our, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to uh record a couple more and um yeah trying to put out a new record like later this later this year and this would be the first one with two guitar lineup right right yep cool. yeah this this band's kind of grown out of uh uh, two piece to three piece to now four piece so but yeah it was fun talking to you dude um i'll text you and let you know when we're going to be playing records again you should come out we'll hang out i'll bring some flat duo jets records yeah i'm interested to uh check that out all right that's it that's all I got for you. Thanks to Aaron for hanging out. And uh, please be sure to check out White Lighter on Bandcamp. Uh, they got some stuff up there. Um, and if you can, see them live. They're really good live, too. Um, yeah, that's all I have. And uh, I've got more episodes coming up. I've got a lot of stuff recorded now. And uh, I kind of have the backlogs up, so I'll be able to edit them and get them up a little more frequently, but still not feel like I'm uh, rushed or hurried or, you know, all the you know life happens and just things become really hectic so uh i got some more stuff coming and thank you for uh hanging out if you want to interact with me on social media um you can start at instagram that's where you'll find most of my uh you'll find that's where i communicate more frequently with people uh that is bleachmouth underscore postscript at Facebook, it's Bleachmouth Postscript, and the email is bleachmouthpsgmail.com. Uh, you'll find all the past episodes on the website bleachmouth.mkultrazine.com. Uh, the re- all of them are also on Apple Podcasts. Um, because this matters, I guess, in the podcast world, uh, please rate, review, subscribe. And uh, please share with your friends. Uh, I enjoy doing this. I'm going to keep doing it. So, um, yeah, share with your buddies, your pals, your chums, your uh, significant others, your mistresses, your um, affairs, your side piece, um, your boss, your colleagues, your coworkers, whoever. Just share with whoever. And uh, maybe they'll like it. I mean, they might not. But, you know, what's it going to hurt? All right. Thanks for listening.